Let's welcome aboard uh, certainly uh, a basketball player, an individual that did walk yes. the walk, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> And that is uh, Bernard King, a new book out, Game Face, a lifetime of hard-earned lessons on and off of the basketball court. Hey, Bernard, Mark Malusis and Maggie Gray, thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Absolutely. Hey, guys, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Do well, Bernard, doing well, and thank you for cutting a couple minutes for us and, and chatting about your new book. Let's start here as, uh, you know, basketball fans, you're a legendary player, certainly uh, for the NBA and, and collegially at the University of Tennessee, when when you when the reader when the the fan sits down and and takes this book in, Bernard, what kind of journey are you taking them on? Well, I, I never wanted to write just another basketball bio, and uh, I've always been considered a very private person, and uh, I was focused on really my family and raising my daughter. But when my daughter was going to go up to college, it was about two a.m. in the morning. And we were going to be enrolling her in Spelman uh, College in, uh, in Atlanta. Uh, I started thinking about my life, and I had been approached about writing a book before, but I decided to uh, write about my journey in life. Um, from the beginning as a young boy, when I first made a, a basket, and some of the obstacles that I've faced during my lifetime. And so it's an action-filled book. It's a book full with drama. And I bring you into my life, and I bring you into my world. And I, I think that the reader will be fascinated to uh, learn many things they have not known about me. Yeah, Bernard, I mean, I felt like I knew your career, you know, followed your career. But I learned a lot of things in this book as I was reading it. And, you know, we're going to talk about you versus Larry Bird, and we'll talk about the Knicks and stuff. But, I mean, there's a lot of emotional pain here, and there's some there's some really tough scenes in this book. I mean, from your own childhood and with, with a mother who was very – uh, emotionally distant, but also physically abusive, and then to your own situation in 2004 with your wife, uh, then and in uh, a hotel room, and things got physical. And when you think back to these moments, I mean, what what have you now taken away? You're very open about you know seeking therapy, things like that. I mean, uh, what are you now? How have you learned from these things, and sort of how is that affecting your life right now? Well, in life, you're, you're going to face challenges. You're going to face obstacles. Uh, that's part of the realities of, of living. And I, I think that you have to face them head on, and I've, I've done that. And I will continue to do that. And it really has um, not necessarily altered the path of my life, but it has uh, certainly uh, changed me as a human being. And I've learned uh, from those very valuable lessons. And uh, I apply them to everything that I do today. Bernard, was it was it hard going there in some of those dark moments of your life and writing about that and being open about that for for those that are that are gonna pick up the book? Was it a difficult journey for you to do that? Well, it's very cathartic for me uh, to really think about those times and those moments and to write about them and to share them uh, with with the public at large. And if you're not going to be open, don't write a book. There. That's what my feeling and my thoughts were. And I, I thought that it was a very important message uh, to convey and share. And I, I just hope that um, it has inspired others and uh, helped them with any challenges or issues they may have in their own personal life. It is, it's not a basketball book. It's not a sports book. It's uh, about a journey in life that uh, has not always been smooth. Uh, but I have smoothed those paths out as I moved forward through my life. You know, Bernard, uh, how did your relationship with your parents affect your relationship with your daughter? Oh, well, my my daughter and I, we have a very close relationship, and 
and it's affected this in this way. Everyone I meet, I hug, <laughs> and uh, so I'm a hugger. And my my daughter, I, I've always made sure as a parent that uh, I've told her each and every day, even to this day, uh, that I love her dearly. And um, uh, she's our heart and our soul. And my wife and I just are very grateful that we have a wonderful child that's uh, flourishing in, in college. And so it's been very special. We're talking to Bernard King. He's got a new book, Game Face, A Lifetime of Harder and Lessons on and off the basketball court. You write about uh, you know, the, some emotional and physical abuse in your childhood. You also write that your father, you know, had issues with alcohol. And then you write very candidly about your own issues with alcohol, admitting in the book that you've gone to Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, I'm I'm just curious, Brian, you also tell a, a story, uh, paint a picture of being like on a bender where you sort of wake up in a place where you didn't know, didn't know what day it was. Uh, all these things are, it's it's really gritty. Um, what's your relationship like to alcohol now? I mean, how is that sort of, you know, continued on in your life, that sort of journey? Well, we're referencing a, a time, just for the listener, we're referencing a time when I was a rookie with the New Jersey Nets at uh, 20, 21 years old. And uh, when you have issues in your personal life and you don't have an outlet uh, to really address them because you don't understand that you have personal issues. And so you have to try to find an outlet, and oftentimes there's self-destructive outlets. And um, that was something that I experienced. It almost destroyed my career, and I, I was able to recover from that and uh, regain my career and uh, really climb within the ranks of the league. But more importantly, um, I've learned to understand myself a great deal more uh, along my journey since our, my retirement. I've addressed uh, those issues with respect to the emotional side with my parents and uh, talked to them about it. And unfortunately, my mother died a year ago. But um, I, I spoke to them about it, and what I understood is uh, that that's how they were raised. And oftentimes, there's a conditioning process when you are experienced that sort of situation as a young person because you don't understand where it's coming from. And uh, that's where it came from. And, and I think that by addressing it and being open about it, uh, you, stem, you hope to stem the tide because I know that there are other young kids that are going through that same experience in life as well. And there are a lot of adults that are carrying issues from their childhood. And you have to uh, seek help and talk to someone about it and, and resolve it for yourself so that you can move forward with a very positive life. Yeah, you said, you know, that you're, you never really got hugs. That's why you're a hugger now, you know, and also parents just not really saying I love you very much and, and and sort of dealing with that. Well, I never I never heard those words. Uh, I I didn't hear those words, and um, sadly, until um, my mother was laying in the hospital, and um, I I came in from Atlanta to see her. Uh, she was in intensive care. She could barely speak, and um, I I knew that would be the last time that I uh, I, I saw her, and uh, she was attempting to speak and and could couldn't hear her above a whisper. So I put my ears to her mouth and and she said i love you son and that was the first time in my life i heard those words from her and um i get touched by it right now how did bernard when when you heard those words um you mentioned you get touched by it right now well how did that make you feel it it filled a void in me it was a void that i carried all my life and it filled that void uh, knowing that I had the love of my mother. My mother was there every day. She cooked every day for the whole family of uh, six kids and, and herself and my father. So you're talking about eight people that she cooked and took care of every day. My mother washed clothes on a scrub board. We didn't have a washing machine. 
And so she took care of the family, and she was steadfast in her religious beliefs. And uh, my father went to church every day, seven days a week. And she listened to her gospel music all day long. And so she was a loving mother in her actions. But in in life, you, you need to have that reinforcement of love by hugging your child and telling your child you love them. And and for some people, it affects them in a very negative way, and that's what it did for me. And I, I'm fortunate I was able to recover from all of that. And really, playing basketball was how I filled that void as a young kid. And so it drove me to the highest heights of the game uh, by trying to fill that void. And um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a bittersweet. Yeah, and you can read about it in the book. It's called Game Face, A Lifetime of Hard-Earned Lessons on and off the basketball court. We're talking with the Hall of Famer, Bernard King. And, you know, I'm curious. I want to just have you paint the picture, Bernard, if you will, because Moose and I were talking about it earlier. You know, you heard this week Josh Gordon, the former Browns player, saying he was drinking, he was smoking marijuana before games, and we started talking about drugs and sports. And, you know, you talked about alcohol and things like that. But, you know, the 80s for the NBA was was a difficult time. I mean, there was some people call it like an epidemic. There was, you know, people speculating that half of the league was using, you know, cocaine at a party and on a regular no, basis. That's, that's, that, that's not true. Really? Uh, no, not, not at all. Um, I, I, I played, began in the 70s, played throughout the 80s, and was fortunate enough to play in the 90s as well. Uh, I never saw anyone using cocaine. I never saw anyone using drugs. Um, marijuana was prevalent in society, was prevalent in the NBA, was prevalent throughout the entire world. Uh, but um, no, the, the, the NBA uh, was painted uh, with that broad brush. Uh, but that, that, that certainly was not accurate. So there's a moment in the book where I'd mentioned before when you were a youngster and yes. you wake up from the bender and you had some cocaine on you, but you didn't know how it got there. I mean, well, is it, I mean, is it, is it remembering something one way or, I mean, I feel like people have come out and said that, you know, cocaine was definitely an issue in the NBA in the eighties. No. Well, we're, we're talking about, let's identify specifically what we're talking about. We're talking about 1978. Okay. And, uh, we're, we're talking about, um, $10 worth of cocaine. And we're talking about something that was tested and wasn't even tested positive. Uh, so I, I was I was never treated for, never arrested for uh, cocaine uh, or anything of that nature. But uh, yes, at that, that time, at 20, 21 years old, I didn't have control of my life. And uh, unfortunately, it put me in positions uh, where I had to suffer the consequences of them. And I was fortunate I was able to recover. Uh, un- unfortunately, sports reflects society. Sure. Uh, we're, we're all human beings, and there are issues for individuals in everyday life. And for us uh, as athletes, sports is our everyday life, and it's going to reflect the same issues that you face in society. Bernard, um, you know, let's bring it back to you as a basketball player. Um, when did it hit you you were special? Well, when, when you uh, decide to start playing a sport, uh, it's because of love. It's something that you enjoy. It brings you a jubilation in, in your thoughts and your feelings, and you want to excel at it. And so you work at it. You have to work at your craft. You have to develop it. But when you first start out, you don't realize you have a gift. I was a scrub right. as a young kid. <laughs> I was that 12th man on the team that couldn't get into the game. And when I did, it was only a few minutes left. 
And you know that guy you cheer for. Sure. And and uh, so I didn't have that gift. Uh, <clears throat> but through hard work, I developed. And one day, a light goes off. And you realize that, hey, I have something special. And that realization happened when I was in the uh, 10th grade, uh, when I started to really excel and started to dominate other players on the floor. I, I realized I had something special, and that's your gift. And once you realize you have a gift, you have to nurture it. You have to really bring it to bear. And the way you do that is you spend an inordinate amount of time practicing. And um, that's what I did in conditioning myself physically. Yeah, we're talking with Bernard King. And, you know, I like how you, you dedicate a chapter in the book to the 83-84 postseason, which was like murderer's row. And unfortunately, <laughs> ends with you losing to the Boston Celtics. But you just claim, you know, listen, Larry Bird was the better player that night. And, uh, you know, playing against Larry Bird, playing against... You know, Barkley, Jordan, Dr. J, playing, you know, all of these legendary players. But how was Bird different? I mean, we know he was like a legendary trash talker, right, Bernard? Well, you have to remember something. They had to play against me. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they, they were legendary players. Good they were great players, but they had to play against me. <laughs> uh, I, and uh, I was fortunate, and, and if you think about it, I played against 51 Hall of Famers during the course of my career. Wow. 51. That's crazy. And so every night you're facing a Hall of Fame at your position. Dr. J was my standard throughout my career. But you had Alex English, Adrian Danning, Dominique Wilkins, all these great players. Charles Barkley, who uh, has a quote on the back of my book uh, about my career. And you talk about that series. That was a year of ascension for me in basketball, that particular season, 83-84. And I, I felt that I was the most dominant player in the league at that time. And we wind up in a series against Boston. And so you have arguably the two best forwards in the league. Well, he was voted the most valuable player by the press. I was voted most valuable player by the players. And that series, we lost the first two games in Boston. Uh, we come back. And that was after the comment by Cedric Maxwell where he said, that B is not going to get 40 on me. Bernard, <laughs> we got about 20 seconds oh, no. left. no, I don't want to cut I, the story I, off. We appreciate it. Li- but I came back and got 46. You there did. You go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bernard, what great, a great book. Best of luck with the book. Thanks hey, thank for you. giving us a couple minutes this morning. The Hall of Thanks, Famer, guys. Bernard King.